Welcome to Promocast Canada, the one and only show produced especially for Canada's promotional products community. Brought to you by the Promotional Products Professionals of Canada and the President and CEO of PPPC, Jonathan Strauss. Let's talk shop. Hi, and welcome to Promocast Canada. My name is Jonathan Strauss, and I'm the President and CEO of the Promotional Products Professionals of Canada. Glad to have you joining me here again for another episode of Promocast Canada. Today, I'm pleased to have with me Shirley Van. Shirley is the Managing Director of iImprint, a new promotional product supplier who started during the pandemic. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. So welcome, Shirley. And Shirley, if you don't mind, why don't you start by telling us a little about how you started the industry and your history in the promotional products profession in Canada? So I have been in the industry for 17 years. We're always working on the supplier side. After I graduated from university in 2004, I got an entry-level job as an admin assistant at a promotional products company. A few months into the job, there was an internal job posting for purchasing coordinated positions. I applied and I got the job. And in this role, I got to work hand in hand with the owner of the company. And throughout the years, I have had the opportunities to work at different supply chain functions. I have worked in product development and sourcing, purchasing, inventory management, logistics, sales, marketing, product safety, and social compliance. And so, Shirley, you, you worked in the industry, you were an employee for a long time. You obviously got to see, uh, you know, the highs and lows of the industry over a few different changes. Mm-hmm. So what, after, you know, after all those years working for a well-respected supplier in the industry, what led you to decide in the middle of a global pandemic to start a new supplier company for the industry? I think at that moment, it was the right time for me, for me to move on. I have always considered myself as a bridge between the upstream and the downstream of the supply chain. I find that most of the time, the upstream team, they don't know what's really happening downstream and vice versa. For me, being involved in the supply chain cycle enabled me to understand the manufacturing environment in China and the landscape of the promotional product market in Canada and interstate. And because of my experience, I was able to build a vast network of genuine vendors in China as well. And the vendors have been very supportive of my business venture, and I speak Mandarin, so this really helped with the relationship buildings. And for me, as my expertise is in product development and sourcing, I always love product developments and take great pride in bringing in new and innovative products to the industry, especially when some of them won PVPC's most creative products award. I just love being an early adopter of a products, and later it became a popular seller in our industry. So I want, really, really want to use my experience in supply chain and product developments to help distributors to come up with like a unique and creative products to enhance their marketing campaign. That's how I want to start my business. Well, sounds sounds like a good way to be, and I and I think probably something distributors all appreciate as well. So Shirley, just we 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 can't quickly gloss over the fact that it was uh, the fall. I think you told me of 2020 that you started this business. So uh, on your on your first days in this business, uh, were there things that you had to think about differently because of the pandemic? How did the pandemic affect you starting your business? Uh, really, I guess in in the middle of the pandemic. Yes, well, it's affected on all aspects in terms of marketing, sales, and our operations. So, 
for, for us on the marketing side is as a brand new company, in personal trade show is one of the more effective ways for us to introduce ourselves to distributors. Without in personal trade show and meetings, getting ourselves out there meant that we need to take a different approach to introduce our company. And we did this by taking advantage of the social media, especially LinkedIn, to connect with industry professions. We are very grateful, actually extremely grateful to PPVC and have been utilizing a lot of the tools and resources available at PPVC. Um, we used the membership roster to connect with distributors via personalized emails and phone calls. We make sure to be extra sensitive to distributors' needs and where they were during the pandemic in our communications because during the pandemic, not everyone is basically equals in terms of business. Um, we were also able to send catalogs to distributors using the membership roster. Um, we participate in the top virtual trade show in February, and this opportunity really allowed us to present ourselves to many of the distributors. On the sales side, then Iron Prince business model is based on a low, pro low cost product with item being aired in at a lower cost than domestic production costs. So with no trade show, this makes our business model more difficult in the first few months. We also opened during the holiday buying season as well, where customers were looking for high-end gift items, which we didn't have. So as we're getting out of the business and the economy is slowly opened up, I hope that we can see a higher demand for our products. I think there's always a demand for inexpensive promo items, and we are also constantly working on introducing new products that are in print. Now, I, I know personally, um, I learned of your company because you mentioned LinkedIn. Your team reached out to me very early on via LinkedIn um, yes. to, to look to connect. So one of the questions I've been asking people during the, the pandemic, this is an industry that uh, we all know well, likes to connect in person, was so used to in-person mm -hmm. sales presentations, mm -hmm. trade shows, as you talked about, social gatherings. So what has been your most effective way of connecting with customers without being able to knock on their doors? What's, what's been the number one thing that's worked for you? I think LinkedIn is one of the best social media tools for us to connect with um, industry professions. And the other tool that we use is definitely the membership roster where we can do a lot of the cold callings. And so for your distributor clients, for, who, who have had you know, really the same challenges you have in terms of connecting with new customers during the pandemic, mm -hmm. What advice uh, would you have for distributors on how to use LinkedIn for them to reach new customers? Good questions. Um, I am not so sure how to answer that because I am not really excel in LinkedIn, mainly my sales staff. But my, my, my advice, I think, will be trying to connect as many people you know as possible on LinkedIn. And that's how, because if it if you know someone you think there's a potential and trying to connect with that person and that person also see a connection, uh, a, a connection between you and another party that they know, they will be more likely to connect with you as well. Great. Well, it's, you know, we're all learning uh, the best ways to connect when we can't do so mm -hmm. in the traditional ways. Although, you know, as we sit here during the summer chatting, we are all hopeful that we are, you know, 
months, not too many months away from uh, being able to connect again at, at in-person trade shows and other industry events. So hopefully we are we are almost there. So I'll, I'll look forward to, to seeing you and your team in person, I hope, soon enough. So Shirley, tell us about your business model. You're doing things, I think, a little bit differently than some traditional suppliers in the industry. So talk to us. You, you talked about your deep connections in China. Um, Talk to us about you know your your business model. How are you getting products from your your manufacturing partners into the hands of distributors and their clients? So, we are the basically the first company in the in the industry to provide drop shipping uh, promo products directly from factory overseas with low minimum and short lead time. I think overseas production and airship. Air shipping to Canada is not a new concept, but what makes us unique and being the first in the industry is our low, medium, and short lead time. There are suppliers who offer overseas program, but their lead time is usually four weeks because they consolidate small shipments, ship the orders to their warehouse, and they will deconsolidate them and then split ship them to different locations. You still have to pay for the freight from supplier's warehouse to final destination. But for us at Iron Printed, we drop ship individual order to client's address. Each transaction is paperless, so there's no invoice attached. And now turnaround time is only seven days, three days after order approvals and three to four days for shipping, which is basically what the domestic suppliers are being able to offer. Now, we hear lots, not only in our industry, but in, in many industries about the challenges of, of shipping out of China or out of Asia in general these days and the delays. So how how have um, you know rising freight costs, um, delays in getting things out of China, how has that impacted your, your business model? Well, we, we use DHL and FAT to ship our orders from China. And of course, because of the grounding of the airline and the lack of cargo space, our air freight cost has increased immensely but we couldn't increase our price because we have to compete with domestic suppliers. And yes, like you said, transit time is also longer. During the planning stage in the summer of 2020, my target turnaround time was about five to seven days. And this is like three days after our approval, two to three days for shipping. And this would allow us to compete with the domestic production times of five to seven business day plus shipping. But because of COVID, there was not enough flights, so we have to change our standard lead time from five to seven days to ten to seven to ten days. But fortunately, as of today, our on-time delivery KPI is about is a hundred percent. Wow. Well, I think there's uh, probably lots to to be learned from that. Um, you know, because we. We hear, I, I was speaking with our board of directors uh, just uh, this week, and um, that's really a common concern is, is getting products into North America. Um, so you're obviously doing something right if you can meet those kind of targets. So uh, I'm sure people will have questions for you, uh, and I'm sure it's something your customers appreciate. So what, when, you, when you look at your products, you've talked about your, your many years of experience in product development. So as we, as we move into uh, the holiday season and we start to think about the return of events, what are the new products that you see uh, either coming for this year or you see on the horizon that you're most excited about and, and you want your customers to know about? Um, I think during the pandemic, many of the factories have reduced new product introductions and basically the market is just involved in PPE. I think PPE will remain a staple category in our in industries. Reusable face covering will be just like a new tool. You will have like different material, a little varieties of this and that. 
face covering, face masks will be a permanent category in our industry. I think while PPE sales were good, basically innovation was on a pause. I think the trend for this fall will be very similar to last year. Drop shipping, fulfillment, kidding will be a main essential service that create a competitive edge for supplier. I think food and experience gifting along with like houseware items will be popular for this holiday season. For example, if you have like say a brownie kit where you include not only the ingredient, but you kit it with a measuring spoon or silicone baking sheet with the company logo on it. A wine and a cheese set with a charcuterie board branded with cheese and cracker. I think that with the return of in-personal trade show and event, low-cost promo items will regain momentum as well. Like, not every company has a marketing budget of $10, $20, $50, especially when businesses are trying to recover, right? So the great thing about promo product is that there's always something available for any budget. You don't really see and need to spend big money to see a good return. And I also think there's a growing demand for sustainable and eco-friendly products. This category was doing well pre-COVID. We saw strong sales in reusable store, reusable produce bags, reusable food pouch. I think there will be a strong comeback in this category. And Canada will ban single-use plastic items by the end of this year. So I think there will be a big push in this category this fall. I always think when I, um, I, you know, I've had the opportunity to travel to places like Hawaii that have banned plastic bags many years ago. And then mm-hmm. um, I look at this, um, at the number of single use plastic bags that we've been given through grocery pickup during the pandemic and think, you know, we've, we've gone backwards um, in a lot of ways. So our industry, I think will really benefit uh, from, from this, I think, renewed use of, uh, of reusable bags, as you say, with the end of plastic bags in Canada. But I think also just more people going to the grocery store on their own. Um, mm-hmm. I always enjoy, you know, as I've worked in the industry now for a few years with PPPC, I always actually enjoy seeing, you know, where did that bag come from? And, uh, you know, are people using a bag that they bought at the grocery store or is that from a trade show? And you can certainly, uh, there's there's probably uh, some stories to be told by all the reusable tote bags you see coming in and out of grocery stores. So hopefully we'll see a lot more of those uh, in the coming months. For me, the first thing I do is when I see a tote bag is just look inside. Where's this bag come from? <laughs> Who makes them? Now, have you ever have you ever picked up a bag you didn't recognize and realized it was something you you helped design or source? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially um, my previous company is pretty big in, in Canada, so right, so it's not hard to to pick up bags that right. we made. Well, it's exciting. It's exciting, you know, when you when you get to see that. I know. Um, you know, lots of small business owners tell me they're always excited when, uh, whether it's a, you know, a $1 pen or a $50 backpack, that they get to see somebody using it and they don't know how it got to them. So uh, I'm sure as, as, you know, on your side of the business, there's even a few more steps involved. So it's probably exciting when you, when you get to see that. that that's what makes promo items unique too, right? It's a tangible item that you can relate it to. That's, that's make, that was make promo products such a powerful marketing tool. So Shirley, you talked about your business model and uh, your your model of, of uh, decorating and manufacturing in China and drop shipping it into Canada. What you know that's that many people would see that as an evolution for the industry. What are you looking for as further evolutions uh, of your business and of the industry going forward? Um, I'm still in the learning curve. So I think there's still a lot of things out there, a lot of um, unique creative 
um, decorating method that available in Asia and Europe that we can use and bring into North America. Now, you, you, and, you, you talked to me uh, before we started. I know uh, we talked and also from your bio, you, like many people in positions like you've held in the industry, spent a lot of time traveling in Asia. And that was the way you found new products, found new support, mm-hmm. you know, your new manufacturing partners and that. So how has that changed? I mean, I'm going to assume you haven't spent much time in China in the last 18 months. So how has that changed for you and how has that sort of changed the way you do business? Um, for me, is I get my inspirations from traveling, walking around trade shows. So right now, as we're traveling on pass, trade show is on pass and traveling to Asia is on pass, um, the only thing that... I can do or we can do is just basically look online and see what's unique out there. So not I won't limit myself just to find out what trend what's going on, the trend in North America, but also looking at the what's trending around the world. And so when you do that, how do you help your distributors stay on trend? You know, you're doing that work for on behalf of your distributors. How do you share with them what what trends you're seeing? Well, if, I, if, if there's a product they're asking us to source and we think that there is an other product that, that can help them um, to, and, to help and enhance the marketing strategy better, then we will make a suggestions to them. And so when you going forward as somebody who's, you know, obviously spent a lot of time traveling in Asia um, pre-pandemic, what do you think happens come 2022 and beyond? Will you be traveling to visit your partners and visit trade shows in, in Asia the way you did in the past? Or do you think that that's changed for, for, for good or for a while? Well, considering I have a team in China, I see myself traveling to Asia more often. However, I might not go to as many trade shows before we would go to about seven or eight different trade shows every April and October. Now, I think I would just concentrate on a few of them, like the one, uh, Canton Fair 2, the um, mega show, the premium gift show in April. But I think I will travel more to, 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 to China, not because of the trade show, but because of the operation side. So talk to us about that. You've got teams in Canada and in China. So what does your team look like? Um, we have two members in China, mainly taking care of our daily operations to work with the, my partners in, ter- in, in, in production and help with their, their sourcing. Okay. And then how big is your team in Canada? We have, including myself, we have four people. And so what, what's next for your company as you, you know, you're, you're going to celebrate your one year anniversary soon. Um, what do you see in your second year and where do you hope to be a few years from now? Um, our goal is to build our brand and continue to grow our business, our customer base. We hope that more distributors get to know us and think of us when they are working on the project. And of course, we want to continuously introduce new and innovative products to the industries and carry a more diversified product line. Sounds great. So uh, one of the, you know, we've, we've had a lot of discussions in, in Canada and North America, and it's really amplified in the last year about diversity. Uh, you know, we've, we get a lot actually of inquiries about women-owned businesses, minority-owned businesses, uh, Canadian made product, um, you know, there's, there's a lot more questions that we're hearing from distributors and their customers about looking at this. So, um, as, as a, as a 
a woman uh, owning a minority woman owned business in Canada. What message do you have for, for others who are coming from uh, some of the same background you have in, in terms of building a business and, uh, and some of the challenges maybe you face as a, as a, a woman business owner in Canada? Um, I would encourage everyone to act actively participate and involve in the industry events and any events that they can. For us, as we participate in the WE events in May, and um, one of my staff is also a, a, a DEI committee as well. Well, we I always like when people tell me participating with the association. So that's a that's a good answer, Shirley. I appreciate. <laughs> I always appreciate that. Um, you know, and we're we're we as an association, as you know, um, through one of your colleagues, um, we did start a, a, a diversity, equity, inclusion committee about a mm -hmm, year ago, mm -hmm. and um, I, you know, we as an association, like many organizations in Canada, are are learning how we can play a, an important role in, in diversity and inclusion and, and, and equity movements. And so there's, yeah. you know, for us as an association, there's more coming. And, you know, for, for us, my message for you and, and for your colleagues in, in some of the same positions is we need to learn from you. Um, there's a there's an interest to learn and do better. And so, um, you know, we want your feedback and, and you know, from, from others too. It's, it's important that we look at um, how we learn from diversity, especially in a country like Canada. Of course, of course. You know, I think that's probably our strength, actually. You know, we talk about that a lot in Canada, diversity being a strength. So we, we need to learn how to how to do better and how to utilize, I think, that strength, right? Yes, yes, definitely. Well, Shirley, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today. Um, I've enjoyed chatting with you. I don't think you and I have had the chance to, to meet in the past, but uh, I know with, with all of the things you mentioned about involvement in trade shows, uh, I'm hoping uh, we'll, we'll get a chance to meet later this year. And um, I look forward to watching your company grow over the coming years. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you so much. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening today on PromoCast Canada. And uh, I appreciate uh, Shirley Van, the Managing Director of iImprint, joining me as a guest today. So thank you, Shirley. And uh, we'll see you hopefully very soon. Thanks for listening to PromoCast Canada. Stay tuned for future episodes featuring more of Canada's promo leaders.